You're listening to the Weekend Sport Podcast with Jason Pine from Newstalk ZB. It's all over at Forsyth Bar Stadium. The Chiefs make it 10 in a row. They continue their unbeaten run in 2023. Yeah, we talked a lot about the Chiefs recently and for good reason. 10 from 10 in Super Rugby Pacific. Let's bring in their mental performance coach, mental skills coach, Aaron Walsh. Uh, Aaron, great to get the chance to chat to you again on Weekend Sport. The Chiefs really are the hottest team in New Zealand sport right now. 10 wins from 10, playing superbly. What are you seeing from this team day in, day out that is leading to the on-field success at the weekends that we are seeing so so vividly? Yeah, hey, um, thanks for having me on, mate. Um, yeah, I think I, I listened a little bit to Anton yesterday and I thought you know he sort of summed it up as you know, it's not just one year. And I think that's what people uh, who are in sport understand. Like, um, we had a really tough period in 2020 and 2021. And, you know, those periods either, you know, bring a group together and have a bit of resolve to go out and change where we were at or or they can splinter. And, um, you know, the guys have been just magnificent the last, I suppose, 18 months going, you know what, we want, we want to change the narrative a little bit here of Chiefs Rugby and, I think what we've seen this year is just a, a credit to sort of the resolve and the commitment they've had and the care that they have for the club to to really um, turn things around. What has your role been in, in helping to change that narrative? Oh, you know, I'm just um, sort of in the background, mate, like the, you know, I never get on the field. Um, <laughs> wish, I wish some days. Um, <laughs> not really when I see how hard they, uh, they hit. Um, you know, my role is just to, to make sure that um, our, our mindset is where it needs to be to deliver on a performance. So if we have a game plan or we have things in our environment that we want to accomplish, um, I think we all are pretty aware now at this stage of the game that you know how we how we think and then how we go about our business, how we approach things is going to be a critical part of that. Um, so my job is just sort of to make sure that you know we're all in tune, we're all rowing in the right direction from a mindset perspective, and then ultimately that the players have the tools in their hands to be able to deliver a performance when they feel pressure. So how much does your, your role and your messaging to the players change when things are going so brilliantly well compared to you know times when you know things were a bit more challenging? How, how has your messaging changed? Um, I don't think probably the messaging changes that much because I think you know there are some basic fundamentals that you need to have in place to be able to perform well from a mental perspective, but... I think what changes is understanding the context that um, the message is being delivered in and there is, you know, in, in sports there's these quite huge extremes. You know, you've got the, the ecstasy of a win and the the agony of a defeat. And so, you know, that certainly forms sort of how you shape your message because you've got to understand the context and what you're delivering with it. So you're watching a game. I know, well, I presume, a scrum coach can watch a game and say, oh, the scrum's going well. An attack coach can watch a game and go, oh, gee, attack's functioning well. Can you see the outcomes of your work with the players when you're watching a game of rugby? Um, I think yes and no. I think as you get to know them a little bit more, you do. But, um, you know, like, there's no GPS for the mind, which um, I reckon if someone could invent that, that'd be brilliant, wouldn't it? That yeah, actually yeah. helps us understand what players are thinking in the in the moments but I suppose as you get to know players over the years and you build relationships you can sort of see um, you know it might be something how they respond to an error or you know it might be collectively you know what's the next few 
actions after we score or, or concede points. And so I'm probably, you know, looking at those sort of things to get a, get a little bit of a, a gauge on how we're functioning in that space. We had, as you mentioned, Anton Leonard Brown on the show yesterday. I really enjoyed yeah. catching up with him. Back from injury, bringing up a hundred games for the Chiefs. I see you, you tweeted a, a bit about him yesterday. Um, how integral a part of the Chiefs is Anton Leonard Brown? Oh, massive, massive. I mean, you know, you've got a guy who, you know, like which I, probably we all love the most about him, and I think the public see this. Do a guy that just cares so much about what he does, and so I don't think it would matter what team you put him in, um, whether you put him in you know, the ABs or whether he's playing for us or even playing for Waikato. He just has such deep care for the people around him, for the club that he represents, and that care is translated into effort. Like, I, I think it's one thing to say you care. It's another thing to say that care will require sacrifice at some point. And I think what you see with him is his willingness to sacrifice as an expression of how much care he has, you know, for his own performance, for the people around him, and ultimately um, for the club. He's a, he's a top man, absolutely great man. Mm. There's a lot of noise around about a number of Chiefs players right now in terms of all-black selection, and, and I look at a couple like Damien McKenzie and Sean Stevenson. Uh, you know, Damien's been in the all-blacks environment. Of course, Sean has never been. Do you work with players like those two and others on, on blocking out noise like that and hype, or do you ask them to embrace it? How does that work? I think you've got to acknowledge it at some point. You know, like I think it's healthy to acknowledge it. it's an aspiration that you want to achieve. And, you know, once you've acknowledged that, I think getting on with the work, um, there's a phrase that I really, really like. It's um, the idea is, you know, like you keep your eyes on the target, not on the price. Mm. And there always is going to be a price, but that prize is a result of good performances. So, you know, your focus should be on how do you perform well each week and then, what happens after that is largely outside of your control because there's selectors and other people who have an opinion of that. So I think, you know, the critical thing is like, what do I need to do every day? How do I get my performance? Do I understand how I perform well? And have I done what I need to do during a week to be able to repeat that week after week? And if that's the focus, then your eyes, you know, your eyes aren't divided and distracted and you're able just to get on with the business. But I do think it's also important to Everyone has aspirations. Everybody wants to achieve things. So I don't think there's any point hiding behind that. It's embracing that and then going to work. How much time, Aaron, do you spend working with the other coaches in the group? Um, you know, it's we're in, you know obviously in the same building and most of the time in the same office. So there's always, I think, organic conversations happening. The, you know, the brilliant coaching group who you know have really fought to be aligned with each other around how we want to play the game and then ultimately how the environment runs. So, um, you know, those conversations are happening all the time. And uh, when we spoke to Anton yesterday, he mentioned Quinn Tapia. Um, well, I asked him about Quinn and, and he talked about, you know, the influence that he's had in the background, even coming back from his own injury. Uh, are you working alongside Quinn in terms of helping him through the mental challenges of a, of a long-term injury? Yeah, I think, you know, all of us sort of jump in on that work with Quinn, but, you know, Quinn's a, a pretty resilient young man and, you know, like, you know, as we all saw last year, quite a horrific injury that was, you know, had nothing to do with how we was playing or being in the wrong place. It was just a really, really unfortunate incident. So, you know, I think initially he was able to accept that and move on. And I think accepting that and moving on has enabled him just to get on 
with trying to get himself um, back on the field. Yeah, hope to see him back out there soon. Of course, alongside your Chiefs role, um, we spoke to you, I uh, can't remember if it was the back end of last year, but yeah, it must have been back end of last year, early this year, about your, your role with Scotland. Uh, you spent time with them during the Six Nations uh, and, and will again as the year goes on towards the Rugby World Cup. How different was your role there compared to the one you play at the Chiefs? A um, little bit different from, there's probably a couple of factors. One, it, it's a campaign rather than a season. So, you know, over a season, you have an opportunity to embed certain messages and build throughout the year. Um, but, you know, Six Nations, every match is like a World Cup final to them. It's quite phenomenal um, how much uh, engagement there is from uh, the Scottish people, how much, um, like, the fans, and then obviously your, your average crowd's like 70,000 every time you play. So, um, number one, at those campaigns, you have to get moving really, really quickly. Um, and then I think, secondly, just it's um, the international level just brings a whole different lens. Um, that is, you know, they've got a massive focus on them. And I suppose probably what I enjoyed the most is that I was in camp with them for the whole time. So you get to do a lot of work. And, you know, after the training at the hotel, you go for a wander, go for a walk, and on off day, go play golf with a you know, a few of the lads or some of the coaching staff, and you actually get to build quite deep relationships quite quickly. So, you know, between it being a short campaign and also being in camp, I suppose it's a, probably a little bit more intense um, than what it would be like over a season with a club team. Yeah, and, and you probably alluded to it there, but but going in as a you know as a as a new face and having to pretty quickly, uh, as you say, not not across an entire season, but across a campaign yeah. of five games to build those relationships and presumably build trust as well with those who who you're working with. Uh, was that a, a challenge at all for you? Uh, it, it's always a challenge, but you know, like I'm pretty clear on my sort of philosophy around that is that. You have to connect with people first, so that, that's always the first thing. Connect with people, you get their trust, and once you've got their trust, then I think you're right, mate, you can actually impact them and have influence with them, but, you know, it's a fine line. You can't spend months trying to build relationships and get close and all of that stuff when you're actually there to bring impact as well, so yeah, it's a bit of a balancing act at times, but you sort of... If you've done it for a while, you sort of learn when the time is to, all right, we need to actually start having some impact. And we've built solid enough relationships. We've got some good trust here. We can sort of just uh, go for things. Pretty tough poll, Scotland, at Rugby World Cup, South Africa and Ireland in there. Only two can get out. Uh, how can you best assist in making that happen? You talked about, you know, focusing on the target, not on the prize. Does that apply here as well? Oh, massively. You know, like, um, the thing about the Rugby World Cup is, you know, in an 80-minute match, anything can happen. And um, I remember I went to the 2019 Women's World Cup with uh, the Football Ferns, and, um, and we had a warm-up fixture against England and Brighton. It was a magnificent day. We won 1-0 against England, who was, you know, went on to be a pretty successful team. And it was just on the day we had, like, I think 20% possession. And so it sort of has given me some perspective, like, those games are played on one day. It's 80 minutes. And anything can happen in the pressure of a World Cup. So it's just preparing the, the men to be able to cope with that pressure, but not just cope with it, be able to then 
place that pressure on the teams that we're playing. Mm. And just to circle that back to, to the Chiefs, uh, you know, again, it is 80 minutes. You know, anyone can beat anybody. And we've seen, you know, seen teams, I look at the Blues last year, practically yeah. an unbeaten season. And then they're not the ones lifting the trophy at the end. It's uh, it's Razor who's breakdancing again. Do you have to put those messages into, into the, you know, the minds of the Chiefs players so that, so that they realise that anything can happen in an 80-minute game? Yeah, absolutely, mate. And like we even saw it, I watched a little bit last night at Moana, right? Like you wouldn't have predicted that in a thousand years, but this is the nature of um, high-performance sport at this level. And going back to what I spoke about before, like in 2020, I think we lost five games in the last five minutes by less than five points. Like those margins are so slim that you can't take anything for granted. And and I think also we're really aware we haven't won anything. Like we haven't lifted a trophy yet. We haven't, you know, it's a good start. And, but we all know that, you know, the defining moments of the season are yet to come. Um, but hopefully the moments that we've navigated through so far will give us some confidence that we can not just handle those moments but thrive in those moments as well. Mm. Oh, I look forward to seeing how the uh, back end of the season and the playoffs uh, play out for the Chiefs and then, of course, on towards uh, the Rugby World Cup of Scotland. Do you get any time off, mate? Are you, your life sounds fairly busy at the moment. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've I've just got the benefit of having an, an incredible wife that... Um, has been unbelievable because you know it is a lot of time away and I think you talk to anyone in this industry is that you know without our our partners and our wives man I don't know how we'd do it so um, yeah it's a lot of time away but um, at the same time every day I just you know you got to have a, a tremendous amount of gratitude like if you asked me 10 years ago you know you get to do this for a job I mean I you know you can barely believe it so I just feel incredibly fortunate and you know, driving over to Hamilton some days in Tauranga, I just can't believe I get to do this for a job and you get to go overseas. So I feel very, very lucky, very, very fortunate and um, very thankful that I have an amazing, understanding family um, that help us navigate through this. Can you still watch rugby as a fan? Do you still enjoy the game? Yeah, I love it. I mean, depending <laughs> depending on the game, you know, like um, like this morning I was up at 6.30 because I was watching Glasgow play Munster because quite a few of the Scottish players are in Glasgow. Um, so, you know, that was more watching, just getting a feel for things and watching things. But um, I also love the NRL. That's probably where I, I'm just a fan. Yeah. Like, I'm just, there's no there's no horse in the race. So I just get to sit back and just and watch the spectacle where <laughs> when you've got teams involved, you're watching, but there's always an edge around that watching, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, terrific. Aaron, it's always um, such a, such an enjoyable chat with you, mate. Thanks for taking the time today. All the best for the rest of the season with the Chiefs on towards the Rugby World Cup, mate. Hope to catch up again soon. Yeah, thanks, Piney. I appreciate the time, mate. Thank you, mate. That's Aaron Walsh, mental skills coach for the Chiefs and also the Scotland rugby side. An insightful chat, as always, with Aaron Walsh. For more from Weekend Sport with Jason Pine, listen live to News Talk ZB weekends from midday or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio.